everyone, and welcome to the Rick Z Show. I'm your host, Rick Z, and we have a special guest in studio this afternoon, and his name is Bob Zanante. He's also my brother. Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rick. Happy to be here. I appreciate you asking me to be on and uh, looking forward to it. I can't think of anyone better to have on today's show considering the topic. Film music, film scores, film soundtracks, all music having to do with film. And for our listeners who may not know, my brother Bob and I had a television show, a cable access show, locally here in the Hudson Valley. It ran from 2002 to 2005. We did three seasons, and I don't believe any of those episodes had anything to do with music whatsoever. I don't remember discussing score. It's probably the only thing that we, we never discussed on the show, to the best of my memory. And I figure, you know, we'll make a Brothers to Review Lost episode. What do you think? Uh, it sounds great. Uh, it was uh, a lot of fun doing those shows, and I have to agree, there were so many other focal points beside the actual music like today's show. So, uh, again, pretty eager to get into it and see what we can conversate. Great. We had a theme, a show theme. Uh, it was called The Brothers 2 Review, and we had a little theme that appeared at the beginning of the episode. Funny scenes of us going into theaters and crying at sad movies and you falling down the stairs and knocking over popcorn or whatever. Really funny stuff. Um, I just so happen to have my guitar here. You feel like maybe giving the listener some idea of what our, our theme sounded like? Well... Come on. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, check it out. He seemed to like it. And he seemed to hate it. Left excited and he irritated. The cinematography was overrated. The brothers to review. Some films are delightful, and we'll tell you that they're a must. And others are rather frightful, as we leave in disgust. Give you our reviews, the good news, the bad news, while munching on popcorn and milk duds and juju. For updated, well-stated debates, you can't lose the brothers to review. The brothers to review. Hey, not bad. That's better than uh, I expected. It's been a long time since we've done it. In fact, we've never done it live. Uh, I have not sung in years and years, and I'd like to keep it that way. <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, while we're speaking about the show, by the way, just a little side note. Uh, Rusty, who is our engineer, produces all these shows, all the Rick Z Show episodes, and you were actually a guest on the Brothers to Review, Rusty. We, you're uh, a reptile expert in your uh, regular life, and uh, I think we had... Um, a show about Anaconda. Anaconda, the movie Anaconda. Yeah. And you were on dispelling myths like, you know, can can an anaconda still come after you with three bullets in him and on fire? Right. So you and were, do they scream like that? And do they scream like that? You we were, had this, I had like, what was it, a 180 pound python on the show too. I'm not even going to touch the music in the movie Anaconda. <laughs> we're not, we're not even going to go there. But J Lo was in that movie, though, right? The only J- good thing J-Lo about was the movie was movie. her butt in the first ten seconds of the movie. After that, it went downhill. The her butt went downhill. 
<laughs> no, that never goes downhill. Okay. <laughs> the show. That's fine. I think we're on a different topic now. We are going to have a show about J-Lo's butt because that is music. We are talking about music and musicians. But today's show is on film music. And that being said, the first guy that comes to mind is John Williams. Uh, he comes to mind because he's done so many fantastic scores over the years, iconic scores that everybody knows, and they're so perfect for each movie. I mean, I'm talking about Jaws, Superman, I mean, just Star Wars alone, the whole Star Wars universe, all, all of the, the music he did for those films, not to mention Jaws, which is, talk about iconic, boom, 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 boom. Uh, he did Schindler's List, very underrated score. Uh, all the Indiana Jones movies, Jurassic Park. Uh, you like John Williams, Bob, right? I do. Uh, he's in so many films. It's it's injustice to, to call this guy a one-trick pony, but every single score to every single movie, you know it's a John Williams performance. I like Close Encounters. You know, it's five notes. You know, think of what he did with five notes. I mean, he must have got paid a fortune for that, and he just sat down and hit five notes, and there's your score. And what I like about certain scores is that little piece, those five notes, are so integral to the plot that you don't see film scores like that too often that are that integral to the plot of the movie. Nowadays, most films will have a song, you know, you'll hear a song on the radio and they'll say, oh, this is the theme to such and such a movie. And then you go see the movie and you only hear it as the credits are rolling at the end. And it plays virtually no part in the film. It's just there to promote the film and the film is there to promote the song. And it, it's just a business, basically. I don't like when... Uh, when film music is, is used that way. It doesn't really interfere with the score necessarily. That's just essentially soundtrack music I'm talking about. While we're on the topic of John Williams, I want to mention that I saw him uh, perform with the Boston Pops at Tanglewood a number of years ago, and he did a lot of his big hits, Jurassic Park and Indiana Jones and Star Wars, and people just ate it up. I mean, everybody loves these films. They showed clips from the films and the Boston Pops conducted by John Williams, we're playing this right over those scenes, and it was just wonderful to watch. Funny, I have a little baseball analogy. Five particular notes on Close Encounters. Well, he went five for five. That's batting a 1,000. In baseball, if you went two for five, you'd be batting 250 and get $3 million a year. Those five <laughs> notes are fabulous, and that's just him. Uh, I don't even want to do him an injustice by calling him simplistic, but if there's perfection with 20 different simplistic things, then he's in a category of his own. He's absolutely in a category of his own, just based on how successful and how well-known those songs are, uh, those, those compositions. Now, as much as I love John Williams, there's so many composers of film music that I love. I think of a guy named uh, Thomas Newman springs to mind. He did the, the score to American Beauty, as well as the Shawshank Redemption. I mean, some huge films, beautiful films. And his stuff was was so good, he, he just kept getting nominated. He's been nominated for 14 Academy Awards, 14 Academy Awards, and he has not yet won once. And, and that makes him the guy with the most scores who's never won. Uh, I think Randy Newman, no relation to Thomas Newman, was nominated 16 times, but he finally won. So now uh, Thomas Newman holds the, uh, the record. It's funny that they're both Newmans and they're not related. I also like Jerry Goldsmith and the late James Horner. James Horner, 
He did Titanic, amongst many others. He was just one of the best, and one of the best known as well in the business. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2015, very young, 61, 62, something like that. I really like Hans Zimmer is another one. Gladiator, Rain Man, Batman movies, the Christopher Nolan movies in general. I think he does all of them, Inception and Interstellar. What do you think of Hans Zimmer's music, say, in Gladiator, Bob? And how important to a movie like Gladiator is the music? How can you not like him? John Williams and himself are are two people, of course, you think of. Sometimes if you really, really want to go in depth, you think the actors, the plot, the writing, the directing. So many of John Williams' movies are great movies, and then the music is great on top of it. And with Hans Zimmer, it's the same thing. So many of the movies are great movies. I mean, you know, some people like bacon. Bacon on everything makes everything better. It's just like one of those things. (laughs) That's a great analogy, and it's true. I I try to picture a movie like Gladiator or Rain Man without the soundtrack, or, or more particularly, without the score. And it just doesn't seem to make any sense. I mean, there are these scenes that are linked to the music. You have to have it. I mean, there's some moving scenes in Gladiator, and without the music, it's got no punch. Definitely not. Let's speak just about the Academy Awards for just a brief moment. I just want to mention that the Academy Awards this year gave the best score to the film Black Panther, Not a movie I liked, not a score that I liked, but I digress. That was just a a little side avenue. I'd like to actually talk about something that doesn't get a lot of recognition in films, but it makes a lot of money, and that's the soundtrack. You know, you've got the score music and the incidental music. Uh, The incidental music is basically like somebody's washing their hands at the sink or they're trimming the rose bushes and there's music playing in the background. Somebody had to compose that stuff. And then you have the score proper, which is, you know, got bigger themes of the movie. But soundtracks, that's a whole different ballgame altogether. Those are pre-recorded songs that have nothing to do with the movie that were gathered together by either the director or one of the producers and they're put into the movie to move the story along. Every now and then, a soundtrack and a score are pretty much one and the same. What leaps to mind is Grease. You know, Grease, you have all those great songs, Hopelessly Devoted to You, You're the One That I Want, Grease Lightning. This is essentially the score. They're created for the film, but they're individual songs on a soundtrack. Saturday Night Fever is another one that springs to mind. Somebody told me that the Bee Gees were approached to do a soundtrack for a movie. And they had already written songs. Barry Gibb had written a handful of songs already that had nothing to do with Saturday Night Fever. And he said, yeah, you know, we could probably use these. And, of course, they were perfect for the film, but they weren't written for the film. So it's really, really an interesting process. Uh, You you like soundtracks, Bob. You you play them in your car sometimes, right? I do. I I think of uh, Boogie Nights. I love the soundtrack to that movie. That one always comes to uh, mind. And when you least expect it, on the radio or just... uh, somebody's humming a tune it just comes to mind wow that was 17 years ago oh what what a great and you know you see it in in tv commercials and and it just you know advertisements down the line uh so many things have trickle effects to what was just a, a great score to a great movie what do you think of the scarface soundtrack that one's a pretty good one too, Rick. Very, uh, very techno, very '80s, and who doesn't like pretending to be Tony Montana from time to time? <laughs> I do that all the time. 
Uh, what do you think of Fletch? Uh, Fletch isn't a movie that a lot of people know. I, you know, pe- everybody knows Chevy Chase and Vacation, but it, it boggles my mind how many people do not know Fletch or they've heard it and they haven't actually seen it. But I, I just love that soundtrack. I know you like it. I do. I do. It kind of falls into a category of that uh, kind of a a pocket of time in the 80s where sometimes a lot of the music sounds the same but for me a little twist a little turn a note here and a note there and it just reminisces me back to certain moments uh where i where i was so many years ago and just a lot of fun before the show we were talking to uh, rusty and he had mentioned caddyshack soundtrack which one of my favorites it's just fun fun music i know you're a big caddyshack fan what do you think of the music in there it's all good. I, I mean, I wish I had something other than to, to say it's good, it's great, it's good, but I guess that's what this show is about. And it's just, you know, uh, is it the music? Is it the movie? Is it the actors, the music, and the movie? Uh, you can make 17 different combinations, and sometimes that's what makes it work. And it's fun to debate which is more important to the movie, the acting, the music, the editing. I guess the simple answer is everything. I'd like to think that the director is in control of those things and, and said, this song sounds great over this scene. You know, you, you have a bunch of people jumping into a pool and it's a fun scene and you, you play a Journey song or a Kenny Loggins song or something really upbeat. And it could go the other way too. You know, I think of Risky Business. There are some scenes in Risky Business. There's a, a scene of Tom Cruise and Rebecca De Mornier on a train and they're playing In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins, which at the time, I mean, now it seems a little cliche, but at the time, that was, you know, not a song that had been around very long, and they could use it for atmosphere. And it's got atmosphere plus, got atmosphere all over the place. I, I imagine a great song is a real commodity to a director. Uh, my friend Bob, our friend Bob, Rick, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, who's an ex-music teacher, yeah. saw the movie Caddyshack, missed the first five minutes of it, loved every minute of it for the music, the acting, and everything, decided to stay for the second viewing right in his seat to catch the first five minutes that he missed, ended up watching the entire movie all over again. And that opening scene is really important uh, musically because you, you get the opening notes of Kenny Loggins' I'm All Right, and you get the little groundhog comes up and starts dancing, and that's the beginning of the film. And you know, on a funny side note, as I just think, the sprinkler system, it goes right along with the music. That was certainly done on purpose, too. Very little tidbit. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that, Bob. I'm glad you brought that up because that reminds me of my favorite movie of, I believe it was last year, a movie called Baby Driver. Amazed how many people didn't see it. It's a fun action film. It's got some big stars in it. But what really strikes me about this is the sound effects become the soundtrack, or become the score, I should say. And that's really unique, and it wasn't nominated for anything like that. I'm not sure there, there's much of a category that covers that. But when there's a machine gun firing, it's to the beat of some music. If, if, if a car backfires or crashes, it's to the beat of something. Somebody gets punched in the face. It's, it's all timed out on purpose to be rhythmic. And I was so fascinated with it, I, I immediately, after seeing it in the theater, tried to get a hold of it somewhere else. I don't think it was available yet anywhere. I finally got a hold of another copy and watched it like three more times. And I, at one time, I just kind of started to try to count how many moments in the film were timed 
rhythmically to sound effects as though it was a score and I just lost track and it's just brilliant uh, I've been trying to get you over here to my place to watch the movie Bob and you, you still haven't come oh, over I know you know sometimes you just gotta watch your cat and take a nap but I really gotta watch that one yeah you do that every day I yeah, think you well, wa- wash your cat the cat has a lot of hair yeah that's I do understand this is starting to remind me of the Brothers 2 Review Oof. Show, which this is fine because this is like our lost Brothers 2 Review episode. I hope it's not why it went off the air in the first place. Oh, wow, that's a good point. It may have gone off the air because we never discussed film music, so here we are doing it now. You know, Rick, different angle here. Uh, the Farley Brothers is somebody I think of who really great, great, great directors that just kind of micromanage every inflection, voice, this and that. And as you were speaking just before, I said to myself... You know, you can do that with sound effects as well. It's really the same kind of brilliant mind, maybe even an OCD mind. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's going to prompt me to think a little bit more about sound effects perfectly timed to make the movie better. Yeah, that's a good point. And you mentioned OCD. I mean, a lot of musicians have OCD, so, uh, you know, there might be something to that. And I'm glad you brought that up, Bob, uh, as well, because uh, the movie that you just mentioned, what, what's the one you just mentioned? Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay, now we're off. Okay. Bob, you do realize we're taping a show. Okay, never mind. I remembered. It's the Fairley Brothers. You mentioned the Fairley Brothers. And the reason I'm glad you brought that up is this year, Peter Fairley of the Fairley Brothers directed my favorite movie of the year, Green Book. And it brings up something really interesting about soundtracks or scores. I don't remember a soundtrack being released of that movie. I'm sure there is. And I don't remember a score per se. But the movie is about a a true-life classical pianist who tours the Deep South in the 1950s. This was a real guy named Don Shirley, and his music is featured all through the movie because there's plenty of scenes of him playing it. Is that a score, or is that soundtrack music? So these things are debatable. It's different in every film. There's always something interesting when it comes to soundtracks that are misunderstood or augmented over the years. Pretty much you can do anything. Any favorite scores of yours, Bob, that comes to mind? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, me either. I guess that's a wrap. Uh, Basically, you know, the Brothers 2 Review, we did a lot of funny things on the show. So much of our dynamic here reminds me of the show. Some days I miss it, some days I don't. It was a lot of work, but it was also a learning experience, and it was a lot of fun. One of the things we did on our show from time to time is we would do little outtakes maybe play them at the end of the show it would be kind of funny go go out with the outtakes and what do you say we do that we play a bunch of outtakes from from the taping of this show today and we just use it as the very end of our show i, I thought that's what this entire show was about <laughs> one big outtake yeah in a way it was but i'd be remiss if i did not thank you for being on the show today bob it was a lot of fun we're both big movie fans and i hope you can come on again sometime and talk about your cat that would be great. Totally appreciate you having me on. It was a lot of fun. Some of the banter back and forth just under the surface, which does remind me of the movie show as well. And uh, look forward to being on again. Thanks. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Come back next week and who knows what on a musical adventure we'll get ourselves into. My name is Rick Z. You're listening to The Rick Z Show. And here's some outtakes to take you out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Rick Z Show. My name is Rick Z. We're going to have a real a gag reel at the, at the We could do a whole show just on that. Oh, man. 
Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rick Z Show. I'm your host, Rick Z, and welcome to another exciting... <laughs> well, the great thing about John Williams is not only is he a great composer, but... What the hell is that? <laughs> I'm not really a big fan of the music in the movie Hoosiers like you are, Bob. I know, <laughs> I know you're a big fan, Bob. He went to the bathroom, Rick. Oh, great. I can't, I can't see whether he's sitting here or not. I'm glad he told me. Yeah, yeah he should have told me. No. You've been listening to The Rick Z Show. I'm your host, Rick Z... What? What is that? Is that your cell phone? Sorry, Rick. Oh, it's my cell that's, phone. that's all right. We almost made it. We almost made it to the end. Thomas Newman's scores usually have a lot of piano. He, he's a great piano player, and we've got um, percussion, and we've got... Um, I like... Bob, I think your cat is come looking for you. Sounds like an ambulance. For goodness sakes. Welcome to the Rick Z. No. You're listening to the Rick Z Show. I'm your host, Rick Z, and we's got and we's got and we's got lots of guests today, folks. We got we's we's got it all. You've been listening to Bob uh, B- Rick the Rick Z the Rick Z Show. <laughs> Bob. No. Let me do that one again. Okay. You've been listening to Bob Rick. Uh, no, wait, not Bob. I'm Rick, yeah. right? Am You're I Rick? Rick? I am Rick. Rick. I am Rick. Okay. <laughs> I bet. Now, the thing about soundtracks is that just uh, that soundtracks are really stupid. Several <laughs> 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 vocal tracks. <laughs> hey. Hello, and you've been listening to the... Wait, you've been listening to the Rick Z Show. We just started. Uh, how could you have been listening to it? Uh, okay, hang on. Give me a second. You're listening to... You're listening to... Um, hello, and you're listening to Rick Z on the Rick Z Show. No, 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 no. Um, one more, one more. Hello, you've been listening... <sighs> Hello, you're listening to The Rick Z Show. I'm Tammy Wynette.